Welcome to the Winners Get Waffles podcast with Brandon Buckner, Zach Leonard, and Matt Heron. Let's get going. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Winners Get Waffles. As always, I'm joined by Matt Heron and Zach Leonard. We're excited to talk about some stuff today, aren't we guys? Yes, sir. So, hey, the one thing I really want to talk about today is, uh, you know, thinking about what makes organizations successful. You know, like when it gets down to it, I really think that most organizations are, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. I think it comes down to a few important things. Let's figure out what those things are. Yeah, so I'll go ahead. Um, I think the coolest thing and the bet the the best thing about organizations that are successful is their size, and maybe not the size of the business and the size of this and that, but I think the interactions that they have with people because of how they choose to use their size. So if like Amazon has this giant warehouse and they decide to put all their offices in separate parts of it, I don't think that that's going to be successful. I think the reason that some of these companies are successful is because they started out in these shoebox closets and their people got to know each other and form relationships and have interactions with each other on a daily basis. So they trusted each other. So when somebody had a good idea, instead of having to walk 500 yards to pitch their idea to somebody they see maybe once a week, they're pitching it to the dude that's desks across from them that's got the same interests and things like that, that, that they know, and, and they can work, workshop ideas and work through stuff together because of the size and how often they see each other and the relationships that form because of the size of their, uh, their structure. So, so real quick, you're saying almost like forced interaction. So like, if you run in a school, are we having a faculty meeting every day or what? No, no, I don't mean it like that. I mean, you do want to have interactions with people. Like if you're in a school and it, you go through the front office, I think if your principal's office is in there and he's always out, you're going to pop in and you're going to form a relationship with him. Um, I'll use the Spurs in, as an example. So after they lost game six, when Ray Allen hit that shot way back in the day, they were having a victory dinner planned. So they were crying in the locker room, feeling bad for themselves. And Pop was like, no, we're still going to go to dinner. So he went to the dinner and got there and it was in this big banquet hall. And he didn't like the fact that it was in the big banquet hall because he knew what just happened. He knew that they had just lost. So what he did was moved them into a tiny room and made all the players and their families get in there and be close to each other so that they could give them a chance for game seven. Because if they're in this big room, they're not going to bump into each other and talk to each other as much about their emotions, what happened, how to fix it. And he knew that he needed to optimize his time because he only yeah. had a day or so. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point, because if you're separate, you can kind of let those bad emotions get going. You know what I mean? You're, you're sitting there thinking about, oh, well, he did this and blah, blah, blah. Instead, when you're forced to be together, it's it's a really good thing. You get to eventually. I mean, it's kind of what our coaches do every Friday night, you know, win or lose. We're spending time together. And at first, if we lost, you know. It's kind of a damper mood, but we start to lighten each other up. We start to work through some of those things. Then we start bouncing good ideas off of each other. You know, it's a really good situation. 
Yeah, and I don't want you yeah. to think that I just like happened upon that. I read that in the Culture Code. It's a really good book by uh, Dan Croyle. So I hate to steal your book of the week, but it is a good book. <laughs> yeah, you've told me about that one. I got to check it out. Definitely. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that's really good because kind of what Coach Leonard was just saying. I think it's really easy to, you know, just be a negative person and and dwell on what so and so did wrong or, or what I did wrong, rather than. Obviously, when you're close, you can still be like, all right, I did this wrong or, you know, obviously you, you'd uh, um, present it to them in a different way. But if somebody didn't mess up, if you're closer um, in a relationship and honestly just proximity, you feel more comfortable or, or uh, able to say, okay, you messed up or I messed up, but this is how we can fix it, you know, because we got a game in the next few days, you know what I mean? And you know what the other person's going through, too. Like, if they're having a rough time with stuff, you've been around them, so you kind of get more background and stuff. I think it leads to Yeah. What do you guys think? It builds that, like, relationship, you know, through good times and bad. You know, it's easy to have friends in good time. It's easy to be the type of person you want to be in good times. But when when you're going through something hard together, that's really when you form those ties. Um, the cool thing is, though, Pop's kind of famous for those uh, types of dinners. You know, he's always done that. And and he really pulls out all the stops when he has dinners like that, too. I mean, he's talking about like the best one. He, apparently, he's a big wine guy. So he's got like, you know, he goes all out, gets the best bottles of wine, pairs them with these extravagant type dinners and stuff like that. And just really tries to keep a close knit team you know what i mean and i think that's that's a big big part of their success over the years and consistency yeah. what do you guys think with do y'all have any opinions on what makes somebody successful yes yeah, so um i think mine actually kind of does a good job of, of piggybacking off of yours my whole thing is um i feel as though any type of organization no matter what um this organization is doing or, or why it is an organization. I think everybody needs to feel um, included and as if they can present ideas. Um, not only that they feel comfortable enough to present ideas, but I want guys in my organization, no matter what we're doing, that are go-getters, that one, aren't afraid to propose new ideas that we might not be able to do or might not be that effective, but they got to be willing to uh, propose those new, new ideas, maybe fail and grow as a person. And that's how we grow as an organization. Well, I'll jump in there. I, I don't necessarily think we have to fail because of an idea. You know what I mean? Like, I think, yes, I want people feeling like they can suggest whatever, but then we got to talk about it. You know, just because somebody suggested it doesn't mean we're jumping in all the way, but we're going to talk about it. And if we don't use the idea, I think it's really important that that person walks away understanding why we're not using that idea. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think no matter what, um, you know, I want guys who are, and this can especially be true if we're talking about a coaching staff, guys who are um, maybe a little younger, age doesn't really matter, but that want to grow, that have aspirations to maybe start their own organization one day, you know, I think it's important and awesome when a coaching staff is filled with guys that want to be head coaches one day or an organization filled with guys who want to be the president or CEO of their own organization. You know, that's how I think you optimize every little um, 
every little day-to-day operation is because hopefully those guys who want to advance and be the best they can be are taking every single one of those operations seriously and try to maximize um, what that operation can lead to. Yeah, but you also, I agree. I don't want you to think that, but you have to get the right people too because you can find snakes in the weeds that want to be, say all the right things and do all the right stuff. But when push comes to shove, they're more interested in the next job and not worried about making this job their next job. So I think that's, you're onto something, you're in the right ballpark, but let's get on the same page because if everybody on your team wants to be the head coach and they want to go behind the head coaches back and do stuff, it all starts with the people that you hire, not necessarily their ambition. You want to hire ambitious people, but the right people for each position. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree there. You can't have backstabbers, but I don't think ambitious and backstabber goes together. You know what I mean? I think you you can be ambitious and know how to do it the right way. Part of the problem is, though, like, how do you know who the right person is from an interview process? They're going to say the right things. They're going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, they should, they should be like, like a one year period. I mean, I guess there is really, it's, it's coaching and stuff, but you should almost be on like a probation once you get on to any job, I think. And maybe just have like a one year contract, be like, Hey, this ain't working out for both of us and let's just shake it and get out. But it's not that. And, uh, and I think it's important during that probationary phase or, or, you know, when you're first getting to know them, um, especially when you're first getting to know them, it's important to, you know, have those dinners or those events that maybe aren't work related or totally work related where you have an opportunity to meet them, meet their family or significant other and, and, you know, see what makes them tick, see what motivates them and, and see if they're motivated by the right things. Um, you know, I, I think the more opportunities you can have to get to know somebody, that's how you figure out, you know, okay, is this a good person? You know, is this, yeah, he's ambitious, but, you know, like you guys said, is he gonna go behind my back or go behind so-and-so's back to accomplish whatever he needs to accomplish? Yeah. And and I'll just jump in with what I was thinking to begin with. Um, You kind of both took the words right out of my mouth. What I was going to say is great people make great organizations. So since we all kind of agree on that, let's jump more deeply into what uh, organization or even, you know, maybe just a person starting a company or starting an organization. What can they do to really make sure they're attracting great people, keeping great people and developing great people? I think you got to start with involvement, right? I think if you get people involved early on in your process, whatever it is, I mean, say you're a high school coach or whatever, you're looking to fill out your staff. Let's get people involved early on. And then from there, let's get the middle school involved. Let's get the rec club involved. The more people that are involved with the program, you might be able to find more people that fit what you're looking for and kind of move them up the chain and get them in the right spot where they need to be. And I think you can start with involvement and it's a process. It's not a quick process, but you start there and eventually, hopefully quickly, you get what you need to have in your staff and stuff. So kind of, kind of thinking like getting more eyes out there, basically, you know, kind of voicing what you want and need and getting more people to help you find it. Right. Cast a bigger net, right? Like find what you're looking for and cast a huge net and then narrow down your selections from there. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, relationships are going to be extremely important in every single stage of the development of the organization. But definitely early on, you know, 
whether you're starting a, um, a coaching staff or any organization, I think it's okay if, you know, one of the first few people you hire or bring on might be somebody you know is a good person, is an ambitious and good person. Um, and then from that point on, it, it kind of involves casting a wider net because you already have this relationship with this person. You know and trust them that they're going to do a good job. Okay, now you ask them, do you know anybody that you trust and, you know, that you think will be an asset to our organization? Um, you know, who knows? Maybe there's somebody that I might know of, but I haven't had the chance to get to know them as well as this person I just hired. So they could totally surprise me by bringing that person up. Yeah. So how do you make sure that the people you're talking to know the type of people you want to bring into your organization? Well, I think it's um, partially making them feel valued, like the person I just hired, one of the first few people you hire, making them feel valued, making them understand why you know, I, I trust you and I decided to uh, make you one of the first few people I invited or, or brought on um, and then reiterate. Let's pause. Let's pause there. How do you do that? How do you make them feel valued? Um, I think, I think it, you're right, by the way. I think you're right. I think that's the most important thing. You got to have if you want great people, the people you got got to feel appreciated, got to feel valued. But how? Um, You know. Yeah, it's important, obviously, in those early stages to figure out everything, but um, just also focus on having a good time with them, too. You know, you don't want to just focus and dwell on work, 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 you know, um, continue to get to know them, continue to develop that relationship, because now you both are in totally different roles. Um, you know, you, you both are asked to step up, maybe more in a leadership role or something, and I think through adversity and, and trying to develop that organization, it can help you guys uh, develop your relationship and, and trust within each other. Yeah, definitely a great relationship can show a lot of value. What do you think, Matt? What else can show value? Well, I, I think you show value. I don't think that, that it's a, a quick process. I, I, I think that you have to show value repeatedly over time and care about people's interest over time and listen to people over time because, and you can't be insincere ever. The moment you're insincere or fake, people want to leave. You know what I mean? You got to be, you got to be true to yourself first. And if people don't like who you are, then they're not the right people. You know, you want to surround yourself with the right people for you. And, and you got to be true to yourself first to show these people, Hey, this is who I am. This is what we're going to do it. This is our way. This is how it's going to be done. And you'll find people that'll fit in with you. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think I think Matt just brought it up again. But I do think that listening and appreciating the other person's opinion and taking the time to explain why it's a good idea, why it's not a good idea and getting on the same pages is, is the number one step in valuing somebody. Uh, compensation is a great way to show that you value somebody as well. Now, that's not always feasible and it's not always like, oh, I, maybe I can't pay you over the top, you know, whatever, but there are other ways to compensate somebody that can really make them feel special and like they're a big part of your success and a part of your organization. Absolutely. Well, Coach Leonard, we've kind of stolen all your, your topics. What do you think makes uh, an organization struggle? 
what are some things that can lead to like a downfall of an organization? Uh, well, I wasn't really thinking that way, but I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's obviously the opposite of what we just talked about. You know, I think if the head guy or the people in charge are the type of people who want to shut down ideas, who are more worried about being right than maybe finding the right answer, I think I think that kills any progress for any organization. If people feel uncomfortable, and this is kind of stealing what Coach Buckner was saying, but if people feel uncomfortable bringing up their ideas and don't feel appreciated, it's going to stifle any progress. You know, what you're doing right now might be great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure, this head coach or this executive or this whatever, they get what's going on right now. But how fast does the world change? How fast does football change? How fast does the business world change? If you're not comfortable having people bring ideas to you and talking about them and you know, making that type of space where people feel comfortable, you're not going to be ready for the adjustments that come down the line. You know what I mean? The changes that come down the line. So you got to, if you don't have that type of environment, you're going to struggle. Thanks for joining us for another Winners Get Waffles podcast. As always, you can reach us at winnersgetwaffles at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at winsgetwaffles, W-I-N-S-G-E-T, W-A-F-F-L-E-S. And listen to us on YouTube, listen to us on iTunes, listen to us on SoundCloud, whatever you can find our podcasts on, please listen. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, interests, you want to host, reach out to us. Thanks for your time.